What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kind of Funny Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Top of the morning to you, Greg. It's the middle of the afternoon, almost evening, and how much of this Diet Coke have you drank in one day? This is from yesterday. This was half yesterday, half today. So that's I think it's not fine. bad. I think that's acceptable. Yeah, that's levels. acceptable, right? I guess that's acceptable for the It was also a Coke Zero that, that went down, too, at some point. But we Oh, you had, oh was it a two-liter Coke Zero or just a can of Coke Zero? <laughs> Okay, we don't want to answer that question. I understand and respect it. Of you course, he's Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the verified one at Tim Gettys. Let's him host. Nick came by my house uh, today, as he normally does once a week to pick up the mail for Kind of Funny. And we still do that thing because we're so used to quarantine of not seeing each other that we just want to talk to each other and like hang out for like five yep. minutes more. Like uh-huh. I feel like a 17-year-old girl like with with a boy in a car we're just like uh, do we need to go in yet or can we just keep talking it's such a i was this close from being like let's just go to starbucks real quick exactly i, I, I would have said burn. yes immediately we should have gone i should have asked you next time next time <laughs> next time next time and then joining us to fill andy cortez's spot who was bitten in both eyes by snakes and fell down nice. a set of stairs wow. she is published cookbook author renee paquette hello renee hi oh my yeah. god i'm so excited to hang out with you guys there's so much to discuss um, specifically the Diet Coke situation. Okay, um, we can get into I'm impressed by it because I'm also a Diet Coke lover. Um, yeah. And I don't feel that much shame by drinking my Diet Coke. But the other night, my husband and I went out for dinner. And what am I supposed to do except order Diet Cokes? And he's like, well, you're really throwing back those Diet Cokes. And I was mm-hmm. like, first of all. That's judgment. I don't like rude. that judgment, first off. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, yeah, and I'm going to continue to. As you have whiskey, I'll have my Diet Coke. Everyone yeah. stay in their lane. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's a dangerous game to play right now you know uh jen's only 20 weeks pregnant and i have learned that if i even start oh you know what i'll pull it back i'll pull it back. you know why why engage on this even if i think i'm making a fun joke what mood is she gonna be in i'm not 100 percent yeah, sure that's the tricky part because there's times that i'll totally laugh at it because i know that it's like you know it's open season i'm 38 weeks pregnant i am oh. about to burst um and i find it funny but sometimes when we're like around other people, I'm like, they might not know that you're joking. Yeah. Um, so we, we went to the doctors the other day and I stepped on the scale and he was like, well, almost time to take the pig off to market. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I'm laughing at it. And the nurse was like, <laughs> is this okay? Do you need help? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do we do in this situation right totally. now? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, John, like read the room. Yeah, no, I, I uh, early on in, office, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even before uh, pregnancy, I was uh, instructed early on in a relationship that my simulated yell of like when I'm jokingly angry about something does not play in public. And I cannot do that because no. yes, oh she always worried people are going to look around and think that I'm being serious. So I learned yeah. very quickly not to. Do that. John does that all the time because he's such like a large, imposing man and his voice is so deep. He can be very startling to people. So I'm like, oh, mm. my God. See, Greg's not so much <laughs> larger imposing. It's more just like he's just loud. There's just a loudness there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm 6'3". How, how tall are you, Nick? Yeah. Again, we're not going to get into specifics here. But I will say <laughs> that there, in, the, in the Scarpino household, um, there is a there is an open feedback loop when it comes to the Diet Coke consumption. Because I need to be, I need to be reminded Controls. occasionally, like today, that... Like here, here's here's what happened today. I came home from from hanging out with Tim, and sure. I was like, God, I got the worst headache today. And my wife was like, Would you like some? You know, when I have a headache, give me some eccentric migraine or some, you know, Madville or whatever. And I was like, Yeah, that sounds good. And then she goes, Wait a minute, stop, hold on. Have you had any water today? And I'm like, No, I have not had any water today. Which is like, What did you drink for beverages? And I'm like, 
two venti iced coffees and some Coke oh Zero. God. And she's like, all right, you're going to drink some water real quick before we give you any medication. And you know what? Head feels great right now. Yeah. Water <laughs> is the answer to everything. If you're bloated, Hugely water, important. you're tired, water. Mm -hmm. Water is always the answer. You but got it's so boring. It's so I know boring. it sucks. It's so stupid and boring. Like, sparkle it up, you know, Greg. You could sparkle it up. I walk around my hydro flask, and so long as there's ice in there, I, I guzzle these babies down. I love coffee so much that I will wake up with a headache because I'm dehydrated from all the coffee I drank before the day before. And then rather than drink water to get back, I'll have water, but I'll also mm. shoot the Advil so that I can drink the coffee and not yeah. feel guilty. So like you're I doing the right thing. through. Yeah. You're doing the, you're doing the lot. You, you live in the life of an entertainer right there. You need that coffee. You need that go juice. Keep Best the uppers coming. Up. Give yeah. me all those uppers. <laughs> all the uppers. No uh -huh. downers. <laughs> Renee, you know all about the life of an entertainer. As I said, you are a published cookbook author right now. Messy in the kitchen, available everywhere. We're going to talk about it today. But if somebody's joining the Kind of Funny podcast and doesn't know you, how do you describe yourself? Oh, God. That's it. Anytime someone asks you that, like, what do you say? I'm, gosh, I don't know. Um, I am a woman of many uh, hats and skills. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say that I'm synonymous with the world of professional wrestling, sure. um, having worked in WWE for almost the past decade, we'll call it eight years, which is uh, outrageous. I, I, it did. It's one of those where I knew you'd been there like forever in quotes, but I, it was when I looked at the, when you're coming on, I went and read Wikipedia again. I was like, Oh my God, was it really that long? I know it's, it's so crazy how quick the time goes when you're there and you don't even realize it yeah. because you're always onto the next, onto the next, onto the next. It's like, you're either prepping for SummerSlam and then getting ready for WrestleMania or you've got survivor series. There's always like another big quarterly chunk to look forward to every year. So like, yeah, the year just years go by so fast. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm from the world of wrestling. Um, I have been a television host for, gosh, over a decade now from outside WWE. Um, I did some sports broadcasting up in Canada, amongst many other things. And yeah, now I just wrote a book and I'm about to become a mom. I'm just doing it all. No big deal. In vogue right now. The whole yeah, thing. <laughs> it is. It's, it is the quarantine move to get knocked up and just see what happens. It's smart. That's yeah, a lot of that going on. A lot of that what going better on. Better time to do it. I'm just stuck at home. You might as well like. First of all, what a way to kill some time. Second of all, yeah, you're pregnant. You got time to just like kick your feet up for a little bit and hang out. Are you worried at all about like uh, when you pop this kid out? It's pretty much where all, the world's kind of going back to normal. Like, is is there a party that's like, oh man, it would have been cool to have the year off with the kid? Well, I'm in a and good off, spot right now because I work from home. So I do my podcast oral session. So I'm doing that from home. I'm, I'm sorry. What's that? What's that podcast? Great, and where can I get it? And when does it post? Podcast. It is called Oral Sessions. I've partnered up with the Volume Network, um, part of iHeartRadio. You guys can listen to it anywhere you get podcasts. We drop new episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's great. All the great conversations. I've got some cool guests on there. We, we shoot the breeze as pals do. Um, so I get to do that from home. So the fact that I'm doing that from home right now and I'm going to have a, a brand new fresh baby, it'll be nice to kind of juggle all things, though also a little bit scary because I'm so used to being on the road sure. as much as I have. I've had the past almost like, you know, past eight months or whatever of being home. So I've kind of recalibrated to this schedule. Yeah, I was going to say, is, is it scary because you think I have to go back out on the road? Or is it scary because you think I maybe don't want to go back out on the road? Because yeah. we've, we've all been so spoiled now. We've been so spoiled. I'm kind of stuck, you know, in the middle on that one. Like, I like being able to work from home. I like being able to live in the podcast world. But I do miss doing legitimate television. Mm -hmm. sure. um, so I think by the time I have the baby and figure life out, 
to that point, I'll be looking to like find something, you know, fall time ideally. Yeah, get back to it. Yeah. Yeah, I get back to that grind. I miss it. That's kind of the, that's kind of how I think we all feel, right? Where we're all we yeah. all just kind of hunker down. We're here. It's you make the best of it. You find the pros for working here. But then the second you step out of your house, like I mean, even today, we're joking around, but like going over and hanging out with Tim, I was like, all right, I miss this. I miss your yeah. contact. Yeah. I miss it's being so around silly. people. It's we you forget that we are we need that like as human beings as creatures we need that like personal totally. connection which is important yeah it's like having like that personal connection and even just like you know on even like a dumb level it's like I miss getting like ready I want to like put on makeup and put on an outfit that's not sweatpants I've been sure. wearing the same sweat like two pairs of sweatpants or three pairs actually one became jammy sweatpants now so we don't count those okay. although occasionally okay. those do get worn to the local Starbucks and I think they notice. <laughs> There's some holes no. happening, Greg. Yeah. There's nothing but respect at this point. Sweat, sweatpants have graduated. To, you can wear them outside. No one's going to judge. Yeah, yeah no but one Tim, cares. When they're like faded, they're like black faded sweatpants. They're almost a brown through. now, and they're very thin. They're very thin. The okay. thinness well, is that. scary, especially for a dude. I always I get nervous for dudes in thin sweatpants. It's yeah. I feel like you get nervous easy, for them. Like, I do. I'm like, there could be like some junk slippage or like. I don't know. There's a lot of things to worry about as a man in sweatpants, it seems. See, I've been, that's the thing. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, COVID times have been freeing for everyone in terms of what they can wear at home. But, you know, we just moved and we had a roommate uh, in, when we were living in our place before this. And uh, when I, I got super excited because I ordered my first pairs of joggers and I felt uh, like I was doing something cool where I was getting joggers and I got them from Filthy Casual or friends or whatever. And I got the black and white ones. And I brought at the old place, I brought them out. And my wife was like, that's great. But white pants, you can always see the outline of the dick. Yeah. And I was like, oh, really? She's like, yeah. Want, I'm like, Greg. so I can't really wear these around the house then with our roommate, Lucy. She's like, no. no I was like, God. I feel like your eyes just like, they go they're down. To it. I, you you're exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're drawn into uh, to see what's happening down there. Whether well, we you moved last month eyes. and we're all alone so now. So I've been, no, I've been wearing these white good. sweatpants left and right. You know, <laughs> wife, she's seen the dick. She's pregnant. She knows what she, happens. She's seen it. Old news to her. She doesn't care. She's like, oh my God. Yeah, an old couch. (laughs) (laughs) Renee, I want to talk about this cookbook and how it came to be. But first, I want to tell everybody, of course, that this is the kind of funny podcast each and every week. Twice a week, we come to you to bullshit about whatever it is we want to bullshit about. If you want to be a part of that bullshit, you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, where, of course, you can ask questions. You can uh, watch the show as we record it, just like Joshy G is, Lexi G is, and Matt Grover are. Of course, you can get the show ad-free. I know I did that on purpose. I saw all the Gs lined up. I usually go down, but I went up instead. Uh, You can, of course, get the show ad-free on patreon.com slash kind of funny, and you can get it with the exclusive post show we do twice a week, each and every week. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can get each and every episode of the Kind of Funny podcast for free over on youtube.com slash kind of funny, roosterteeth.com, and on podcast services around the globe each and every week uh housekeeping for you we are playing knockout city with the developers of knockout city on friday uh the reason we're doing this of course is that they have challenged us to a game if we win we get the kind of funny logo in the game if we lose we have to give money to charity and i hate giving money to charity tim you know how i feel about charity uh so you can come watch friday at noon uh twitch.tv slash kind of funny games thank you to our patreon producers uh joshua schroeder delaney twinning julian the gluten-free gamer and steve Powell. Powers. uh tim mm-hmm. why do you like the name steve powers steve powers i mean mm-hmm. it's a powerful name i mean come on i was gonna say i mean it's pretty self-explanatory i wanted to make sure great you could name. hit it exactly thank you renee thank you steve you know, you're having a great name thank you everybody for covering while i got i pulled out the ad our sponsor is babble but we'll talk about that later for now back to renee's book messy in the kitchen here's where i want to start 
That was really smooth, I would say. You know, from broadcaster to broadcaster, I appreciate everything you just threw out there. Thank you. You know, I, that, you. we had show. we had that moment when I went down. It was on WWE backstage where we hit it off yes. and we knew we knew we were I right know. there together. Simpatico. Exactly. So talk to me about the cookbook. How long have you been working on Messy in the Kitchen? So I had the idea that I wanted to do a cookbook probably for like, I mean, a while, like at least at least two years. Um, okay. of just sort of having this like seedling idea of like, man, I want to make one of these just because I love cookbooks. I love buying cookbooks. I like reading them. I like flipping through all the pictures. I just, I just love everything about cookbooks. So I was like, I want to have one of those. I also love to cook. So it just sort of made perfect sense. But then, you know, the difficult part was trying to get other people on board to be like, let me write a cookbook. Yeah, that's difficult, right? There's a lot it's of cookbooks out there. So, like, what is your pitch for making one, right? Like, what uh, well, makes yours different? Exactly. And, you know, you're trying to, like, pitch to all these different, um, you know, different, like, publishers. I almost just said book labels. Wow, pregnancy brain. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, you're trying to, like, put all these pitches out and then being like, wait, you're, like, from wrestling, but these aren't healthy wrestling recipes. They're not, like, to, like, keep you in shape or anything. I'm like, no, I don't know. I'm just, like, a person People follow me online. If that helps, maybe that'll help. But usually it kind of helps. It definitely does. It yeah. does help. I like that money. Um, And then just, yeah, just, I think it was really relaying to everyone just like what a passion project it was for me and like the vision that I had for this book of it just being this like fun, kind of sassy, get in the kitchen, roll up your sleeves, pour yourself a stiff cocktail. Um, I have the music side of it as well, where you can scan the QR codes. It'll take you over to Spotify. I've got uh, a bunch awesome. of- it is cool. It's a really, when I was paging through it, that was the one that I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, it, right? first off, what I love about it, and like you're already talking about it, the book is infused with your personality, right? Yeah. Like, it's not written from a "I'm educating you about food." This is what's happening. It's very much you're shooting the shit with you in the kitchen while you cook. Yes. And then, yeah, when I was paging through it and got to the end, that you had playlists along with their Spotify QR codes. I was like, "That's a brilliant idea." And they're like organized by like what kind of night it is. Is it a date yeah. night? Is it a sunny breakfast kind of thing? Yeah, and that's what I really wanted. Was like, I mean, it is just so like my favorite thing is having people come over to my house and I feel like the book coming out kind of at the perfect time while the world is starting to open back up and we can kind of, you know, safely have friends and family come over to the house and we're kind of recalibrating to this new world. It's like, let's set the stage. Let's set the music. Here's some recipe ideas. Here's some like tips along the way kind of ideas. My like semi pro tips to, uh, to kind of prod people along. But yeah, I mean, I just had such a fun time cooking it or cooking it, writing it. It was that project that I really wanted to start. And I started writing it while I was still in WWE. Um, but it was so nice for me to be able to work with uh, with the publishers on the other side of things where they really didn't edit me at all. They didn't put a filter on me. They just let me write the book that I wanted to write. And it was so cathartic for me to be able to do that and to be able to put out this product that I just feel so proud of that I feel completely encompasses me as uh, as like a personality and a home chef. I'm using very dramatic air quotes if you're driving the car there's the yes. air quotes happening <laughs> <Yes>. right now <laughs> did you do you talk- are they custom playlists on spotify or did you just use the spotify playlist and assign them to the foods oh my that you God, made? are you crazy i could never like just like let spotify do it hell no. i love it okay good good i appreciate hell that no. very much no so i started doing the playlist like i was kind of thinking I'm like hey what are like some genres i want there's like a barbecue with friends kind of one a brunch uh, a romantic date night situation, girls night. Yeah, there they are. There's six of them. Um, So I started putting together songs that I would want in some of those given scenarios. And then I would reach out to some friends of mine whose musical tastes I uh, I trusted and had them kind of chip in just to add a little variety, a little spice of life. 
Nicholas, you don't have to raise your hand. You you you're on the show. Now, is Genuine's Pony in any of these playlists? Is that it's like not? But maybe that I feel like that could go into like a, the girls' night playlist. Yeah. It yeah. it definitely applies to that. I mean, there's also just like a like I think just like cocktails situation of like uh a, yeah just like a hanging out with friends that could also apply there but it should make it in there okay we can maybe for I, the second one maybe but no but i can one. also i can adjust the playlist are live i can always just add other songs Fantastic. to it so if, you, if you're on this show go slip genuine's pony into the girls night playlist do, that do would be the most ridiculous thing that's happened quite some time do any drinks involve diet coke because if so that's the one that needs the yeah the there's pony. the there's the um the cowboy cocktail. My husband. Oh my god, that's fan. perfect. Yeah, he's a big fan of of a double whiskey splash of Coke, Diet Coke, whatever you need. Uh, there it yeah. is. See, Greg's on it. I'm, I'm yeah. here. I've looked through the book. I I have my things tagged. I know what recipes I'm making. Don't worry about it. He's ready to go. Yeah, and the thing is, it's funny doing the cocktail. So I'm not a big dessert person, or at least I wasn't prior to getting pregnant. Now all I want <laughs> is like donuts and like cakes. Um, but so I was like, oh, I'm going to do cocktails instead. But generally I'm like, I'm a big, just like, I just want wine. John drinks sure. a whiskey and diet Coke. So I was like, oh, I gotta like get some other cocktails to add in there. But the blackberry sage smash one's very nice. So this leads me to a question about a cookbook. How do you go about, you're talking, you know, what you usually drink, what you'd usually make, then going and finding new things to put in it? Because, like, I've done, we here on youtube.com slash kind of funny, we've done the show Cooking with Greggy, a couple seasons of it. But that is always very specifically like, here's a recipe I love from this Rachel Ray magazine, or here's this thing that I took from whatever and put my own little twist on. But I could, I don't feel like I could ever fill a cookbook with like original ideas. How, how, do, where does this start? Like, do you have the thing, like the little uh, recipe card holder at home? Like, where does go so kind of yeah a little bit it is overwhelming so when i first started with the book i had about 10 to 15 recipes already done that i had been kind of working on just as i was like manifesting making this mm. uh book come true and then once uh, i signed on with with postal press and they're like cool where you can do a book but you need 60 to 70 recipes and i was like oh shit i do what can i do with five That's exactly what I like yeah i mean how many peanut butter sandwiches can i put in here um so yeah it was it was, it was for me it was kind of just these like brainchild ideas of like, what are some things that I really like that I could put a different spin on? Mm. Um, so French onion soup is one of my favorite things, but I was like, I don't want to just do a French onion soup. What can we do from that? And then looking at all the ingredients, I was like, let's make a grilled cheese out of that. A French onion soup, grilled cheese. Um, I also love a pierogi, but I also love a shepherd's pie. Let's mash those guys together. Um, to, to even just trying to come up with like a cinnamon roll recipe and kind of tinkering with that and baking is a whole other can of worms where it's like full science, Yep. which always kind of stresses me out. So I worked on the cinnamon buns the longest. Um, and I felt like adding a little bit of cardamom in there was the, add a little different spice in there as well. Yeah. It's just a little earthiness to it. Um, what other ones? Oh, and the, like the peanut butter and jelly chicken. That was another one. Uh, Wait, John what? came up with that idea. Yeah, peanut butter and jelly chicken. It's amazing. That sounds amazing, actually. Yeah, you can, you just like marinate the chicken sort of in like a Thai coconut peanut butter sauce yeah. and then God, do a berry okay. reduction with it. And it is so good. So it's just coming up with things that I really liked and trying to put a spin on it and finding the best ways to do that. But yeah, I mean, it, it is hard when you're not actually a chef and you're like, please let these measurements be right. I hope that all these instructions are right. And you've really got to like, you have to write every little thing down. You can't skip over anything. Otherwise the recipe might not work. So that was always my fear with the book coming out that I'm like, oh, 
Hopefully everything works out. It's like that nightmare when you give your friend a recipe, but you leave one specific thing out totally. by accident and that ruins the recipe for them. Yeah. One, one time my mom made a cheesecake without sugar. That was oh, fun. no, that's bad. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. Bad like, combo. My mom, uh, when I was like working on the book, she actually found a bunch of my nanny's recipe cards. As you mentioned, recipe cards, like a ton of them. So I would take some of my grandmother's recipes. Um, There's like the scotch egg. I yep. put a little spin on that. Um, And the Hawaiian fried rice was another one that I took from her, but hers wasn't a fried rice. I just felt like it needed to be fried because otherwise it comes out pretty goopy. So the fried rice version of it is much better. And I added spam. She didn't have spam in hers. Yeah. We all need a little more spam in our lives. We shouldn't fear spam. Spam's good. I agree. Especially with Hawaiian stuff. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Now, you talk about, you know, this book being filled with tips for it. And my favorite thing, I pull out a passage here. My two biggest tips are these. Clean as you go and keep everyone's glass full. Yes. Those are two dynamite things because what dr drives me crazy is when I cook, 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 and then at the end, you, you serve the meal, but you turn around and there's just this ocean of dishes. Devastating. Yeah. Yeah, that can be really, really difficult. And that's actually, speaking of Rachel Ray, that was something I kind of got from watching her show along the way. She would take a giant bowl, like a mixing bowl, and just keep that on the counter. And yeah. that's where she would put all the junk that she was done cooking with, like, you know, cores of things, the the um, the peels of things, sure. whatever, to just like toss it all in there and then toss it in the garbage uh, as you're going rather than running back and forth and back and forth. But yeah, there's nothing worse than being at the end of your meal, realizing the kitchen's a disaster or you need a different pan again. You've run out of dishes. All of those things can pile up so quickly and leave you in a bit of a hairy carry situation. For sure. Now, here's where I need a new tip from you. I, right now, one of the kind of funny best friends needs your help. All right. Uh, Demetrius Newell is watching live. He's Hi, been Demetrius. vibing. He's been enjoying. He's talking about how he loves water. He doesn't bake. But more importantly for anything, this is what I think he puts in here, which is something I think you really must have up your sleeve. He goes, yeah, my improvising for cooking sucks. How do you get to that point? You're talking about looking at a recipe and understanding, okay, I want to put a spin on it. What could I do to it? I think for me, that was the hardest thing as I started cooking more was I was so, I'm going to follow this recipe point by point, da, 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 da. And then once I kind of understood bits and pieces, I was able to mix and be a bit more free form with it. Like, how do you encourage people, especially people who are buying your book and, you know, haven't cooked that much to understand what improvising can be? That's a good question. Cause yeah, that was something that I really tried to put in with some of the recipes of like, Hey, here's what I'm doing. Here's something you can follow. But should you have other ingredients on hand that could work? Like I have my pasta primavera. I have a bunch of different vegetables in there that I use. Do you have to stick to all of those? No. If you've got like a bunch of, you know, you've got more mushrooms or you've got more spinach or you have a bunch of zucchini, like you can kind of make that whatever you want. Obviously, the flavors are going to adjust depending on what those vegetables are. But I don't think that there's ever going to be like a bad vegetable combination inside of a, a pasta primavera. You can kind of do what you want with that. Um, and also like, guys, Google is your friend. Use Google. If you need to find like a substitute for something. So this didn't work out, nor did I do it. Uh, my mom did this the other day. My mom's at my house and she's in like hunker down mode, getting me ready for the baby to be here. And she's like, what do you want? And I was like, I've got a bunch of frozen bananas. Let's have some banana bread. So I, I'm like outside, I leave her to her own devices and I walk in the house. She's like, okay, I tried something new with the banana bread and I'm not sure if it's going to work. And I was like, okay, well, what did you do? She's like, well, the recipe I had said to use mayonnaise. And I was like, all right, I've heard of that. I don't know if I'm on board with it, but I've heard about it. She goes, but you were out of mayo. So I substituted in ranch dressing. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's going to be good. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> you're going down. That's what. Banana bread. <laughs> that's gonna be good. But what killed me about that is she's she swapped in the ranch dressing, and I was like, Mom, but we have. There's plain yogurt in the fridge. There's plain sour yeah. cream. You could have used one of those. You did not need to go that savory. Uh, it, it it was not actually as bad as one would assume putting ranch dressing in a banana bread was, but I was it was really that was some left field shit right there. Yeah, sure. I see. I see where she's at. Right. Yeah, bread, I mean, I get it. Mayonnaise, I get it. ranch. <laughs> if I had a if I had a turkey sandwich and I didn't have mayonnaise to put on top of it, the next best thing, Tim, is ranch. Right. I there. agree so, with that. That makes sense for a sandwich. It. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Banana bread usually has like a sweetness you expect from it, like <laughs> you not know. so much that. that yeah. you know. Maybe that's your banana bread, but, but I hey, like to put a couple slices of turkey like between my out. banana bread. <laughs> Sometimes they work out. Most of it, you, you just got to try, and that's sort of the thing with the book too. Is it's just like you know, just try things. I mean, they, yeah, you, yeah. you don't want to feel like you're just wasting your time, but like, yeah, try things and experiment a little bit and let's not take cooking so seriously. I feel like cooking can be so like snobby and daunting sometimes where it's like, no, we can, everyone can cook. It's fine. Everyone Anyone can, can cook. Anyone can cook. We're all hungry. It's we just watched Ratatouille. So we learned that uh, that's the one takeaway from that. They movie, say that, that line 3,004 times. <laughs> anyone can cook. <laughs> Actually. Yeah. Oh, sweet Ratatouille. Another like, podcast. Keep any rat out morning. of my kitchen. Hell, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, no. Uh, my wife's the very similar to you, where like, uh, like she's the uh, she can cook circles around me, and she's been doing it for so long that it's all intrinsic. And she, like, I remember when we moved in, and she blew my mind at some point when I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to the store and get milk," and she's like, "Why? There's there's yogurt." Like, just and I'm like, "What? Like, how? What do you mean?" And like, you know, the <laughs> idea of being able to sub these different things in, creme fraiche or whatever, to go in yeah. and fill the holes that you didn't know you needed. Yeah, there's so many times that I'll be like, you know, cooking something. And I'm like, oh, what's like a good substitute for, you know, say you don't have uh, you don't have an onion, but you have a shallot or, you know, you can there's there's just there's so many different ways that you can substitute stuff. And just looking online can be your friend. The Internet has all of the answers. You can always Usually just kind of yeah, you can just lean on the Internet, lean on your friends on the Internet. Now, of course, you are a proud Canadian. Uh, oh, hell yeah. You talk about this all the time. I see it on Twitter. I see it on your Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, how... I feel like all Canadians are like that. Is your wife like that? Oh, yeah, of course. Super. Proud. Well, she's in Quebec, so she's very proud to be Quebec. Oh, obviously. yeah. And that's like a whole other situation. Whole other thing. Whole yeah. other thing. Yeah. But I was not surprised that, but I know that your reputation as a Canadian was online that you put poutine in the book. And not only sure. poutine, I love that you put in clam chowder poutine and then. The title being regular ass poutine, <laughs> where you're like, listen, if clam chowder poutine's scary, well, this is what we got. Was is there was there concern of putting that in there and putting that out into the public because you know poutine is a very serious thing for your country. It is very serious, but that's why I was like, you know what? I feel like we can deviate off of this. And you know, being uh, drunk in the city of Toronto at like two in the morning, and you go to a poutinery. There's tons of options of different kinds of poutines to have. You can add the Montreal smoked meat. You can do like a nacho mm -hmm. style. There are tons of different variations. My favorite, of course, will always just be classic poutine, brown gravy, mm -hmm. cheese curds, hot fries. Um, but the so I was driving through Prince Edward Island with my mom one time, and there was a seafood um, a seafood poutine. I think this was more of like a, a lobster bisque that was over mm -hmm. it. But that's sort of where that idea came from. That I was like, oh man. That would be great. And it just doubles as like another recipe as well. It's like, well, here's a clam chowder. Now here's a clam chowder poutine. And should that not be your deal? Here's just a regular ass poutine. So I like to give people the options. Like a choose your own ending. Let's make the fries and let's figure it out from there. 
<laughs> I respect that. That's like a Canadian clam chowder. Yeah. Bowl, you know? Yeah. You gotta What's like gonna... have you gotta like do the Canadian side proud. So there's no way I could have a book without the poutine. And then I also have all have you guys ever had all dressed chips from Ruffle, Ruffles? No. Yeah. Yeah, Greg has. They're Greg, delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm married into Canada. I'm married, yeah. like, and that was the thing. That first Canada trip was a crash course in what gas station mm -hmm. foods we could get that you never. The fact they're just selling poutine next to the the counter unref, or I'm sorry, uh, cheese curds next to the gas station attendant unrefrigerated. It's like, what is Amazing. this? Yeah, what's happening pay, here? Pay me a picture about these these all dressed chips. So all dressed chips are kind of like they kind of strike the balance between the savory and. Not, I guess, like almost in like a vinegary kind of way, but veering more towards just like the savory. It's like if like barbecue, salt and vinegar, and like I don't know, a little je ne sais quoi are added in there for sure. They're exceptional chips. They're so so good. But I do all dress chips chops, so I batter my pork chops in a smashed out um, all dress chip. There they are. Yes. Kevin's on it. Kevin's on it with the B-roll. They are. Um, you can order them on Amazon. They are in, like, I have them. They sell them in the grocery store here in Las Vegas, which is great. So I can easily get them. But, of course, with the chops, if you don't have all dressed, grab, just grab another flavor, whatever floats your boat. Maybe do a sour cream and onion. I bet you that's good. Probably real good. How would you feel about a hot Cheetos pork chop? Oh, my God, of course. I'm sure someone must have done that. Everyone puts hot Cheetos on everything. Sure. And it's it has never enhanced it. I stand by it. I am on the quest to find a meal made better by hot Cheetos. I love hot Cheetos with all my heart. But the moment you change the consistency it's of hot. what makes the hot, hot Cheeto a hot Cheeto, hot. it doesn't taste like a hot Cheeto anymore. Yeah, yeah no, no, you no, lose the so heat. Sad. I'm with you. You lose, you. The, heat, you lose the crunch. It's like, come on, guys. Tim, yeah, you what guys, are we doing Tim. here anymore? Mm -hmm. Child's I, play. I recently had uh, elote Mexican corn with hot Cheeto dust on it. 10 out of 10. Enhanced the hell out of it. Wow. Need to try it. So that was... But because it was already crushed up, you're not adding a liquid to it. Yeah, you're not cooking right? it, right? It was just like a, a topper at the end. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's, um, but it made the experience better, and it came with that hot Cheetos taste. Oh my god! I'm so sure, crazy. sure. I feel like when you see like the mac and cheese with hot Cheetos, like I don't think you need it to be in it. But if you were making a full mac and cheese and use that as the crumb topping, now we're 100%, talking. Hundred percent. That's the way to go. Okay. Okay. We're all on the same page about that. I like that. For my semi-professional experience oh at this point you're professional right what you I have mean, a, a cookbook out who's gonna stop you man anyone right? can cook i'm a published is, author god damn it <laughs> so now, is there imposter syndrome that comes with that though where you start oh talking about cooking you're like i didn't go to culinary school by the way and you had to i have imposter syndrome with every single thing i do in life i have imposter syndrome as a broadcaster i have imposter syndrome uh as, as a performer of any capacity i have imposter syndrome with cooking yeah i I think I'm full of shit. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm just writing it out at this point. I'm just hoping well, you're doing pretty that. well with it. I don't think you have to worry about that part. You're doing Thank fine you. Thanks. I'm trying very hard. You, you talked about the idea uh, for the cookbook and getting a little bit of work started on it while you're still with WWE. When you left, were you concerned about that? Did it change stuff? Did you have to go back and rewrite stuff or had yeah. you already been planning that this is going to be your independent thing? Well, I knew this was going to be my independent thing, but so when I was at WWE, I had to get it approved. We have to get any outside project approved. So I had to make sure that WWE was okay with me putting a cookbook out. So the cookbook was initially supposed to be coming out under Renee Young, mm -hmm. um, which was fine. 
But then as I was leaving, I was like, wait, no. And I'm now I get to like release a book as Renee Paquette. And there is a bit of that, like that stress of like, oh, are people going to, people get it. It's not that confusing, but it's just like switching that branding can just be a little bit scary as something's ready to go. Like, yeah, break that kayfabe brother. Uh, But then the other thing that I did have to switch. So, um, this is some news, but when I was writing the book, I could not mention my husband by name. I just had to say my Mm. husband. I could not say John. I couldn't say John Moxley. I could not refer to him. Like I couldn't use any wrestlers outside of WWE, which of course means my husband. Um, so I had to change his name throughout the whole thing to just say my husband, blah, blah, blah. But then, uh, as I was going back through, oh, and I wouldn't have been able to have pictures of him in the book either. So. I left WWE uh, just before we did the photo shoot, but I knew that I was leaving. So I I took pictures with John so that he could be in the book as well. Because it's weird to be like, oh, I'm I'm cooking at home and here I am just this solo bachelorette. (laughs) Ignore the fact that like people know that we're married. So that was definitely like a bit of like a hindrance of like, oh my God, how am I going to do that? That sucks. It was definitely a hurdle. I was willing to work around. But then as I was like, actually, I'm not going to work here anymore. And let's just make these little adjustments. And I'm not trying to lead you or get into trouble with anybody. But was there concern when you were leaving that since you had already said the book was going to happen, that you would have to fight them for the book? Like, or am I, is that, am I off base about that? No, I didn't have to fight them for the book on anything like that because it was still my like intellectual property. They had gotcha. just like approved me doing it, okay. but I was like nervous to like tell the publishers because they're like, Oh cool. This person from WWE, this global phenomenon that everybody loves. And I'm like, Hey, by the way, I actually don't do that anymore. We still pull <laughs> this out. Um, and they were, they were all really cool and supportive the whole time. So it was, it was actually, everything just really worked out for the better. I feel like the book is so much better being able to have those different changes in it than if I had to just like, you know, turn a blind eye and pretend sure. it didn't exist. What, what I love, you know, reading through it and looking at all the pictures and then the acknowledgements and the recipes themselves is like, this acts as such a cool time capsule of your life right now. Yeah. Right, where you're about to become a mother, you've just you know left WWE. There's all these different things, so it is about you and your husband, and you, that you know you. I think at your acknowledgments at the end, you're like you talking about being pregnant, and that you can't wait to make this kind of food for the baby and stuff like yeah. that. Like, it's such a weird like. This is always going to be so definitive a point in your life. Yeah, it's funny because when I was writing the um the um the dedication at the beginning, I just said to John and our baby. Because knowing that my due date's not until June 11th, but the book came out May 18th, I'm like, well, I'm not going to say her name yet. But then I just said her name on my podcast last week. So yeah. now cat's out of the bag. Her name's going to be Nora. Um, so I could have put Ooh. it in there. But um, but yeah, it, it is really cool to look back on that. And even just in terms of like, you know, one of the recipes, there's like the lamb jam, the lamb hamburger and uh, or lamb burger. And um the reason I came up with that recipe was because during the pandemic, we just couldn't buy ground beef anywhere. So I was like, what else can I get? I've got to write a cookbook. So I bought ground lamb and that's where that idea came from. So even just like addressing the fact of like writing a cookbook during a pandemic. Yeah. It really like encapsulates everything over the past year. Now, Renee, in the book, you put the songs in there. You say in the book that you're a music junkie. We have a question for the panel from mm-hmm. patreon.com slash kind of funny that comes from Grant Burton. And Grant Burton says, assemble a collection of three strong, three songs to create a playlist or album that best represents your life up until this point. Oh, wow. 
Okay. Everybody start thinking. Three songs. Okay. Everybody, Tim, Nick, I'm looking at you. Nick, do you want to put Genuine Pony on right away? Yeah, let's throw that on there. Let's just okay. put that at number one or number three. We'll sandwich that in. We'll make a little Oreo cookie out of that bad boy okay. with maybe. Okay. I gotta write these down. I want to put blue. This is definitely you need some work. You you want blue? Blue by Eiffel sixty five. I feel of like of course. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Why is that you? Why does that represent you? Because you know I have blue house, blue little window, blue Corvette. Everything I see is blue. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Wish you had a blue Corvette. I wish I really you wish had I had a blue Corvette. I really wish I had a blue Prius. Not like like a dope ass. I like I want like a 1987 kind Busted. of falling apart. But it needs blue. a new rag top. But it's super blue Corvette. Like my uncle yeah. Jim used to have, and he liked that car more than me. Not a big deal. We're not. <laughs> I'm struggling oh, yeah. to come up with my third. So far, I have She's Electric by Oasis. Uh, you and Me by Penny and the Quarters, which is a an old song, but it's sweet and has a, a, very, a very special little meaning to me. Um, gosh, which my third be? This is stressful. Picking songs and like making a list is no joke. I take this task quite seriously. <laughs> I'm surprised. I mean, I, I knew you would take it seriously, so I'm surprised you were able to like knock out the first two so quickly. Well, I knew I wanted something Oasis for sure. Sure. Girl in the Dirty Shirt's great, too. That, I'm always filthy. Uh, <laughs> gosh, one more. Uh, let's do... Mm, hold on. I'm almost there. Did you guys say all your three? No, oh, I'm still struggling for a third one. Okay. Wait, are you, you, why, are you put genuine twice? Because you put genuine twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on, it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> yeah. Pony, the version of Pony from the Magic Mike movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think I'll go. Um, I'm gonna go Snowbird by Anne Murray. Okay. Very Canadiana. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh man, that's a that's a tough one. I don't know that I stand. I don't live and die by that list, but it's one of those any given Sunday top, that could change no matter what. Off the top yeah, of the dome, you got she's electric, you and me and Snowbird. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Nick yeah. has genuine pony, genuine pony. Tim has <laughs> blue from Eiffel sixty five. What do you? Why, don't, why have you not answered, Greg? You're being silent on this. I like to just he give people. To I like to give. No, I like to give no, people the floor. Go We're go having a good conversation. We're gonna get and then he likes to have the bell. Number one is Ghostbusters by Ray Parker Jr. Number one is Ghostbusters. Number yeah. two is Hours by Taylor Swift. And number three, Life Changes by Thomas Ray. Rhett. Thomas Rhett. Okay. I don't know that one. What, one for me is definitely a deep cut of a, a Macklemore joint called Victory Lap. If you listen to this, she has some Tim Gettys ass shit. A faux show. Okay. Okay. So you got Blue? Oh. It's tough because I'm like, do I do I just do the songs that pop into my head that I love singing in my car? Right, sure. right. But I will be they're not great songs. Like, is Tim does it's gonna be me need to be number two on my list because that might be the song that I have sung the most in in you know in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not I mean, it's, it's not the best pick. song. You know, it's no. I mean, you could pick literally anything from the Led Zeppelin catalog and it would trump that song. Yeah. Having said that, though, do I want to listen to Stairway right now or? Is it going to be me, Tim? That's the I, question. I think I'm I feel like you got to go Juicy, one. Nick. Your new favorite song, Juicy. Juicy? Oh, yeah, like Notorious B.I.G. Juicy. No, no, no I think you meant. No, I think you meant one. Jelly. Uh, Tim. Sorry, Jelly. Jelly is the name Jelly. of that song. <laughs> Jelly is this new song that uh, Nick is addicted to. Tim and, turned uh, me on to uh, this uh, this playlist on Spotify featuring all female artists. Oh, um, feeling, you know, feeling myself, feeling it myself. It's like Cardi incredible. B, uh, Megan Stallion, a lot of that stuff. And a new song popped on called Jelly. 
which is explicit. It's it, there's some explicitness to it. I love that. And uh, it's it's a slap to say the least. But one of my favorite things to do in the car ride is my wife. Uh, if she's in the car with me, I will bump that, and then I will just roll her window down. I'll roll that window <laughs> down on that side. It's yeah, you know, with that, my last one. Oh, I'm gonna go choose a song from that playlist uh, called oh. "Best Friend" by Saweetie and Doja Cat. That's oh, that's a good one right now, and I love that's it because it just reminds me, me and my best friend Kevin. You know what I mean? Just us that's hanging right. out, driving down the street, windows Which down. Which one of you gets to be Doja yeah. Cat? Convertible Corvette. Tim, I don't have. It. Best blue. friend by Queen. I'm all in. Oh, there you oh, go. Kevin's awesome. are all Queen. I was gonna say, Kevin, what are your three Queen songs? Killer oh, Queen. Killer Queen. Killer Queen. Damian and Raps and Best Friend. Let's do it. High school race is strong for me. Oh, it's a good one. That's a good one. Want to ride my bicycle? I want to ride my bike. It's so good. So, Nick, are you putting Juicy in as your second one there? Is uh, no, I'm not going to put Jelly in there as my second one. I'm going to put. I'm going to do Pony. I'll do. It's going to be me, and we'll throw in just top of my head song I want to do right now. Panama Van Halen. Let's go. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like I should add Dreams by Fleetwood Mac in there too for thinking like oh, songs we play song. a lot or like you might want to like, like karaoke that. That one uh that one's up there for me. Yeah, in that much. type of sense, like this definitely doesn't have anything to do with my life, but it's <laughs> undeniably the song I've listened to the most in my life is Clint Eastwood by Gorillas. Interesting. Yeah, that's wow. a good one. Also, Darling Nikki by Prince. Shit, oh, that one. Anything Prince, though. I mean, come, come on. on. Prince, talk Prince. Prince could be I, number one, two, Prince, and three. If I had to pick a Prince song, I would go Darling Nikki. Really? Yeah. Okay. Confidently. Over like Raspberry Brett or, or Bray or um, any of those. Yeah. I mean, okay. I love all those songs, of course, but I still go Darling Nikki. Also, very explicit. What a picture he paints. Prince, <laughs> Prince just was everything he yeah. was just everything except we'll never have another person like prince on this no. planet ever. no no people will mimic and people will try to like walk in that shadow but it's just there's no way not gonna happen no one's Renee, cool anymore yeah our time with you is almost up but before you go i want to get one other question about your history your career this comes from brandon h brandon h writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny and says i've been a fan of renee since she was on the score rest Ooh. in peace can you please ask Renee about her time at the score and her thoughts on the current Canadian sports networks being dominated by TSN and Sportsnet? Yeah, you know, I think looking back, um, I've, I feel like I keep having this conversation lately because so many people that I worked with when I was at the score have gone on to have these very cool careers. And it was a really cool moment in time of a bunch of really talented people Working at a network, the score, again, peace, love, thoughts to what used to be the score got bought up by Rogers and Sportsnet. And so, so to be clear, because I'm American, the score was just a sports channel. It was like an ESPN. Yeah. Or something? Okay. So there's TSN, which is more like the ESPN. And then this, there's um, Sportsnet, which would be kind of like the Fox Sports. Okay. And then the score, the reason I was drawn to want to go work there was not that I necessarily wanted to like be like a sports broadcaster. It's that they would do comedic style interviews. They mm. let their personalities be personalities. So we were never like, we just got to like run loose there. We could do whatever we wanted, come up with the shows we wanted, say the things we wanted. And it was the best training grounds on like national television to just like, yeah, to just really cut your teeth and figure out who you are as a broadcaster, how you want to sound, how you want to produce your own content. And I feel so lucky to have been able to come from a place like that and be given the platform that I was given to just have the confidence in my own abilities moving on from, from outside of there. Because now having worked so many different places, you realize how rare that is to actually have people that just encourage you to be you and 
do the content that you want to do um, on a national scale like that. So I love that. And again, there were so many people like Adnan Verk was just released by WWE, um, which I think was unfair to a, a degree. They did not give him the proper time to really hone that skill on Monday night raw, but also what a tough spot to put somebody in. Oh, you're not from wrestling. And guess what? You're going to start on the Monday night raw after WrestleMania. Like good God, put the guy in a bad spot, but that's, it's a hot seat to sit in. I mean, you know, speaking from my own experience, um, but yeah, I loved working at the score. I think looking, I, I don't get to catch up on TSN and Sportsnet as often. I love Jay Onright. He's a, he's a sports broadcaster that has really carved his own path up there. So I love being able to watch what he does. Um, but yeah, it, it's a cool time and it's, it's been such a great launching pad for so many other people's careers. That's fantastic. You're fantastic. Renee, the book is messy in the kitchen available right now. Do you care where people buy it or just that they buy it? I guess just buy it. I don't know how it works. <laughs> just, just buy a book. Cause the more I'm reading of like, Oh, getting on the different lists, I'm not going to make it onto any of these lists. Um, not with it, that attitude. Not with that <laughs> attitude. That, man. I'm You're telling right. You. But yeah, it's like you got to buy them from all different sources and whatever. I just keep pushing Amazon because who doesn't? We'll want put that the Amazon link in the description right? of this episode. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. It's just the easiest. Yeah. Renee, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm going to exit out of here properly this time. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Uh, while she exits out, ladies and gentlemen, I remind you that, of course, you can be part of the show at patreon.com slash kind of funny. Uh, you can get the show over there uh, with the post show. You can watch it live just like Demetrius is, Lexi G is, Joshy G is, Mike LR. Uh, of course, if you're having a good time on any of those things, go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to be part of the show. And of course, on patreon.com slash kind of funny, you can get each and every episode of the kind of funny podcast, the two we do each week ad free but guess what jack you're not listening to the ad free version you're watching one of the free versions which is totally okay but you missed the post show don't get the right in you have to listen to the ads <laughs> so here's tim tell you about the sponsors this episode is brought to you by Babbel. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. I know that's true for me for sure. Spanish did not go well at all. Now, thanks to Babbel, the number one selling language learning app, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or you just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. Greg Miller's been doing this, trying to learn a little bit more French to be able to communicate with Jen and the family. Hopefully, you know, soon he'll be able to go see him again and they'll be able to talk and he'll be able to show off all the words that he learned uh, using Babbel. Babbel's 15 minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Uh, Babbel designs their courses with practical real world conversations in mind, things that you'll actually get to use in everyday life. That's key. Uh, plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Uh, start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, when you purchase a three month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code MORNING. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com code MORNING. Babbel.com code MORNING for an extra three months free. Language for life. That was me. That was you. You're back. I love these new ads we're doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The, the Rogers doing as always. What a great job! You know, what I've I mean? been doing the thing, Greg, on Games Daily, where when the ad plays, when it's me, I will uh, notice as it's happening. Obviously, I'm wearing a different jacket before yeah. the ad, and then I'll like run and change my jacket. Not a no, single person, really? not a single person's called it out. Kind of let down. I've looked at all the comments. I'm like, somebody's gonna see this shit. No, that's upsetting. Yeah, I gave up on that a long time ago. I used to think about that of like, oh well, if I wear this shirt. 
people will go back and be like, oh, when they see me on something we recorded that goes up later, that oh, Greg, record-. nobody gives a shit. They just yeah. want the content. Well, it's Every funny. I saw people commenting, and they're they're just like, oh, like Tim changed really quickly, like into the second outfit. But then yeah. th- those same people didn't appreciate when uh, you know the quick change. I don't want to compare ourselves to Van Gogh, but like we're Van Gogh, where people don't care about what we're painting right now. But like in 20 years, people look back at these videos and they're like, they were gone before their time. I can't believe snakes bit them all in the eyes. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things, Tim, where I would I would appreciate it more if you went, oh, I dropped my pencil, and then you went and then you came up, boo, totally. It was Kevin. Completely, yeah, that would be amazing too. Uh, Side note: We might want to kick Renee from the Discord because I don't know if she knows it. She's still popping up on my side. I got it. You got it, yeah. Just, just so in case she opens up a laptop again, it might still be connected. That'd be awesome. That out there. <laughs> she's like, just she's like, what? open enough to do anything else, and she's just back on the kind of funny podcast. Well, Discord's just one of those random programs. It's like, like the purgatory you can't get just out of. Stays open no matter what. You're always connected to the call, which is yeah. super helpful when you get kicked, but uh, not so helpful when you don't understand the program. Of course, that's of cool. course. Dude, it hasn't oh. been the three of us in 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 a crow's week. By by the no. crow's age. Fly. No, Crow's week. Age. Crow's mm. week's five weeks. Ducks week's four and a half weeks. Don't Google it. He's thing where he it's says it and he licks his lips and I can't tell if he's true. Hold on. Crow's week. Um, Renee said the term uh, it's not put, real. like putinary or whatever it was. And putinary. Tim, putinary. Yeah. And yeah. Tim yeah. giggled. <laughs> I saw him smile. <laughs> <laughs> call so him you know? I did, yo, for I real. I just you. love I love when I hear things that I'm just like didn't know uh-huh. that was a thing. Like I know yeah. they love poutine. Of course they have a thing. There's I mean, that's like a taqueria. Yeah. A lot of places don't have taquerias. But to me, I'm like, that's just a fucking normal thing. A lot of places don't have a taco truck. Can you imagine hearing taco truck if you didn't know what that was? That's You'd be awesome. like, that You'd sounds very made excited. Up. You'd be very I mean, excited though, right? Like that's what kind of an adventure do we get to go on in the taco truck? And what kind of yummy things are going to be there along the way? Yeah. I digress. That was cool, man. She's cool. You're great. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> I don't see. My thing is I have like zero context for anyone that's in like the professional wrestling world. So like. Hearing her tell all those stories and being with WWE for like 10 years, it must be ridiculous. That must have yeah. just been a crazy adventure for her. Always weird because like I have so many questions about professional wrestling, but I feel like oftentimes the questions I have are kind of like breaking the fourth wall and like business elemented mm-hmm. or oriented and shit. So it always gets weird when I'm like, I don't want to like push too hard or like especially given the situation everyone's in right now of, you know, there's WWE and AEW and the crossovers and all the, you know, there's just a lot. But it's like I'm so interested in what does a rehearsal look like for a commentator? You know, like how mm. prepped are they for these matches and stuff? And I'm sure we'll get her back. And I didn't want to distract from the, the cookbook stuff, but I'm just so interested in that. And then the other side of it is she was on a, a reality show on total divas. And like, yeah, I'm just so interested in the production of those shows. Sure. And it's like, granted, she's not the right person to talk to about that. Like if we ever had like a, you know, more regular, my whole job is reality TV. Uh, I, I'm just so interested in those like interview processes of like, are you actually watching back on the footage or is someone just asking you questions? Does it differ per show? So many things. Oh, you There's mean when they go like when they're narrating what's happening right now, but it was clearly filmed like 20 but days later. Exactly. Yeah. I always think that's so fascinating. It's, it's got, that's like a skill you have to develop. You're like, <laughs> I'm so mad right now. I can't even. What happened to Greg? Did Greg leave? He broke. Uh, it, it, it was... Uh, I you guys all froze except the stream. Like I could see the stream, but I couldn't hear anybody. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm fascinated no, about I'm, it. I'm so interested in it because like it's weird. Like they 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 never say I and they and she and it's like they kind of just are in the moment where it's like 
it feels like they're actually there. And it's there's no way they're like actually looking at the footage reacting to it. Because even if they did that, they'd mess up all of the the way they're talking about it with the tenses and all that. What yeah. are you talking about? Crazy I'm sorry. Stuff. Since I dropped you know, reality, it, like, reality TV. You know, they, so they when they have, do the confessional interviews yeah, after the fact, yeah. Well, yeah. that's because they're prepped afterwards. It's, it's like how we did like the gauntlet or whatever. Like when I did the gauntlet, and then they came in. They came like what weeks later, months later to film me on the others of like my or no, I'm thinking of Hardcore Monopoly, whatever. Sorry, where we did Hardcore Monopoly and you play, and then weeks later they came out and they're like, all right, cool. Uh, so in the second game, Michael said that, and I'm like, all right, yeah, okay, cool. All right, I can go from there, and I, yeah. I then go like, oh, then Michael's doing this to me, and I hate him. So I get that, but but what I don't understand is how on a, on a show like Gauntlet, cool. That was like you know you did it six events and that was kind of it. But like right. for mm-hmm. a show that let's say a season spans the course of like five or six months of some, of these sure. groups of people's lives, like how do you answer those questions without what happened after that framing your responses? We're dealing with this group of people that like had six different fights. They've made up and you know fought again about something different ten different times. And it's like you're now talking about step one, and they speak authoritatively as if they're in that moment. And it's just so impressive to me. And like I just don't understand it. What's funny is I had a friend of mine that used to uh his wife worked on, I want to say real world or something like that. And one of the one of the basically rooms in the house was an editing suite. And so they were constantly editing and constantly getting footage. So I don't know if they did those on the fly, but I think that because they were trying to do so many episodes of some of these reality shows or so many episodes that you have to be like, they're like actually making the episodes and putting them out like, um, you know, as they're going. So maybe, maybe they're doing it like maybe a day later. So you're not quite that far away. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. It's definitely not a life that I would want to lead though. Having shot like, like some small stuff like that. It is, that is a lot of work. To shoot, to shoot like reality style stuff like that. When you say shoot, meaning on the production side, or yeah, or I would not want to be talent I would, side. Oh, I would definitely want the talent side because I would just be, I would be the guy that like sits in the pool the whole time. But I would not want to direct that, and I would not want to be a camera op for that because I feel like that all of that shit would be so grueling, and just you just have to generate so much footage. You have to be shooting constantly. They have to be. That's I mean, literally, they have like a twenty four hour edit room in my in my friend's show because. She was like, there's so much footage coming in that you have to keep ahead of it. Otherwise, you just you lose stuff. You'd be you buried. Yeah, you'd be yeah. buried, right? You have to be making the storyline kind of stuff as you go. Yeah. As the producer wow. slash editor. Yeah. yeah. What show would you all be on, though? Tim, I know it's a Bachelor, right? But would you want to I be mean, no, At this like, point, it's not bad. Ba- Bachelor's in a weird place right now. Oh, right. I mean, they had all they had reality shows as a whole is in a weird place weird place because they're dealing with real people and just like the internet these real people have pasts and once you start looking right. into that past all of a sudden everyone's racist uh so yeah it's just kind of it's, <laughs> it's a rough rough go at it for sure don't be racist people that's kind of the <laughs> moral of that story so what's why is bachelor what's happening in bachelor uh it's such a long thing but i mean like last Sorry. season got got really really bad with bachelor uh in terms of racism uh and bullying and and things like that where it was the first black lead uh on the bachelor we've had black led bachelorettes before okay. but uh first male uh lead and just the way the whole season went felt very like they added elements that they had never done for for white people before, including bringing in the the lead's de- father, who has a very strained relationship with him. Okay. And for really the record, I thought pre- you were about to say dead father. <laughs> I was like, whoa! They brought in this dead guy. No, 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 that's no, ratings that. right there. That would be some like, ratings right there. 
they they bring in uh of the families a lot for these type of stuff but they this was weird because they brought him in for this interview to kind of like mend the relationship which is not the point of the show sure. and it kind of just painted this narrative of like oh black fathers leave families right and oh, it's yeah, like yeah. It, that's that sucks that you know that like that is totally not fair that's not a, a, a an accurate depiction at all and for abc that to be promoting it that way oh, for the first black bachelorette it's or bachelor it's like a lot of elements like that and the group of women were just like super clicky to the point that it stopped being drama gossip content and it turned into like holy shit like y'all are, are really picking on these certain girls and like this is causing a lot of uh of it. like people are gonna have to go to therapy because of their experience Jeez. on this okay. show um, so yeah, it, it was really bad. And then uh, one of the girls uh, ended up being like uh, pictures from her uh, when she was in college, going to um, parties at uh, um, I, I'm blanking on the word right now, but uh, in the South, uh, antebellum parties yeah. um, in the, these houses, and like people are in blackface and all this stuff. What? I guess. And uh, th she was in college three years ago. This was 2018. Oh, okay. um, what's the name? Like a South um, I'm googling don't worry I don't know an Antebellum party I was looking gotcha yeah and then uh, so that came out and then she ended up quote unquote winning like she was the one that he picked and that obviously is very problematic because when they're shooting the show they don't have access to their phones they don't know any of this stuff right. so social media has been blowing up halfway through the season with all this shit and we're all like oh this is a problem but like the producers aren't telling the lead so oh, damn. here he is falling in love with this girl and she has this past and it turns into this whole fucking thing and then turns out like so many of these people have went to these parties and then the host chris harrison of the bachelor got involved and uh was on an interview uh with rachel Lindsay greg who was the first black bachelorette that we've ever had mm -hmm. fcf uh, uh while well, he's cone right yeah mm -hmm. and she was yeah exactly and she was calling uh him out because he's an executive producer on the show and host of the show and and talking about all this stuff and he did a horrible job talking about it and kind of downplayed it as oh it was a different time uh, which is like not a good thing to say, period, let alone for three years ago. Anyways, it's in a, a really, really bad spot. Well, three years ago is a different time, you know? <laughs> Ridiculous. That sucks. So is there's the show like tanking because of it or there's still like... Uh, well, I mean, the show's... The corona's kind of messed up the show. All reality sure, shows sure, up, sure. obviously. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, it's... Uh, they're, they're, there's two more... Ba they're doing two Bachelorette seasons uh, instead of the, the normal cycle to kind of add more diversity, add more women, all that stuff. Um, and one of them starting uh, next week, actually, with one of the more standout women that was very, very, very... I, I, I really, really enjoy her. And I think that okay. she was the, the best showing on the, the season last year where she did a good job of kind of like being the voice of reason against the bullies. She really used her voice and platform to stand up against all that shit. Um, so, and he, the, the host has taken off the show. Chris Harrison is uh, on hiatus for now. He's not coming back for the foreseeable Ever. future. Now, I mean, um, if you're going to say three years ago is a different time, get the, it's... Yeah, yeah, I mean, but the, the, he like owns look. the show to an extent. Oh, so. I didn't know that. He's yeah. like executive producer, right? My apologies. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he's Chris Harrison's like, I mean, he's legendary host. Like, he has a lot of power at ABC. So I, I don't know how that's all going to go. He might just lay low for a while and come back. There's, there's a lot of things. It's very, it's, it's a crazy world, right? Like, you know, we're just talking about reality TV, but it's like all these podcasts we do. The week doesn't go by that there's not some drama popping off of somebody talking about uh shit that someone shouldn't have said or all this shit because we're just people all of us actors like podcast actors reality show any of this shit or just normal ass motherfuckers listening it's everyone that are just people we all do things make actions say words oh, yeah. and 
those can all get us in trouble. We have to be held accountable for them mm-hmm. all. And that's just kind of where I'll we're tell at. you, this is, this is the thing. I, I mean, I worry about that, right? I was watching, uh, I just went back and rewatched Endgame, Right. And I'm like, man, I don't know how, how you would even start to plan a multi like movie series with like tens of, of, tw- or, you know, 20 or 30 of Hollywood's most popular actors without having that little voice in the back of your head, like, f- did we do as much research as we possibly could, right? Is there is there anything that we missed that's going to derail the, the, the grand plans for, like, phase four or five or whatever phase we're on, you know? Tim Gutty's well, kind of funny. Uh, just oh. a quick thing, like, with, with that to the point about the Marvel stuff is uh, last week, uh, Kevin Feige had an interview, and uh, people were talking to him about, like, if he regrets anything about the MCU so far. and He's on the Tilda Swinton stuff. stuff. Yeah. And he was talking about Tilda Swinton in Doctor like, yeah, Strange. <laughs> And he was like, it was a bad call, you know, and he was like, we were trying to do something clever and we were trying to handle this the right way to get away from racist stereotypes. And in doing that, we overcorrected and that was an absolutely bad call. And what we should have done is handled it from a culturally correct situation, but just made it not racially insensitive, like actually making sure that it's done correctly. So, yeah. It's interesting you say all this because obviously we've seen it before, but like I was watching uh, Army of the Dead on Friday, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the new What'd Zack Snyder zombie movie. I enjoy it. I mean, it's a zombie yeah. movie, right? I think Batista's great in it. Like, I think there's a whole bunch of stuff. There's a lot of stuff to really like about it. And then there's a bunch of weird stuff. And like the whole, yeah, like the, you know, like the 35 minute intro with montage music over it where they get a bunch that. of characters. More, that I actually like that where you see the city going to hell and everything getting blown up. It was more the, God, did I freeze again? Or no, no, you're there. Tim's just, we Tim's just, uh oh, he's gone. He's Uh-oh. gone. It's now funny when he goes floor. away and he just like gets sucked into the vortex of Yeah, Discord. I don't like it, man. It scares me. He's gone now. Did, did you watch Army of the Dead as well, Nick? Hello? I did. I actually, I actually really enjoyed it. I, th- I thought it, you know, and this is not going to come as any surprise for anyone that's heard me talk about Zack Snyder movies. I really think it could have used a little bit of editing and it would have been a, a, a lot more fun, but I watched it from start to finish and I think. Largely because I liked Batista and the daughter character. I like that dynamic. Um, I, I was like, I'm in. I like this. And it's just a really clever, fun take on zombies. Yeah. Like, they they like, not like it. It's a zombie heist movie. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. It. Right. And that was what I was uh, when we were watching and talking about it. Like, I usually I'm not a fan of when they try to, like, make the zombies evolved or whatever or make them more than just zombies or whatever. But, like, the way they had it here with, like, there being, like, boss level zombies that are, like, smarter than the rest of the zombies. They have their own, like, little civilization going there. These aren't major spoilers for it. And then, yeah, the fact that it's a heist. Right. And it is all these different things i i enjoyed it uh i thought like uh, i don't know sorry if, i don't know what's up with discord today freezing on me uh I, I, you were talking about what i i thought was weird about it it was more the like composition of shots how like the oh, God, weird yeah. focus the complete oh, so blur behind he shit. really wanted it he he i guess i mean i read some random headline on it. i didn't dive too deep in the article so chat please feel free to uh, correct me but evidently he wanted to shoot the whole thing in really really shallow focus to have it feel like that and i guess he went off to these things called canon dream lenses which are like these like specialized lens that really throw like you can throw them out of focus super easy. So I thought that was cool though. I like when people are like coming in and then as they like recede back, they just go super blurry. I, that didn't just, bother yeah. me at all. It, it wasn't, it didn't bother me. It was weird. That was the thing about it where I thought like it actually detracted from it. Danny O'Dwyer had a great Twitter thread about it of like, this is ridiculous because you're watching it and like you know who's going to talk before they talk because they're the only person in focus or whatever. And it's like oh, all that. But yeah, I didn't, I, I, whole, I just thought that was kind of cool. The way they did the backgrounds and stuff make the movie look weird. Like I feel at times in terms, it just doesn't look normal. It doesn't look like a normal film. So there was this part though where I'm watching it. I'm like, and I know nothing about this movie. I've been completely blind on it, right? And I'm watching. I'm like, man, Tig Nataro doesn't look like she's in this shot. She's and then I was watching shot, later, yeah. and I was like, 
Tignish, and I'm like, wait, she's not in these shots. And I was like, but what is going on? And then it was that she replaced this other comedian, Chris. Chris D'Elia. In order to um in order to comp in order to basically put that character back in, they had to shoot Tig like separately. So th- that's why I think, and again, this is it's unfortunate and this is a set of circumstances that you never want to find yourself in, obviously as a filmmaker or someone who's making something cool like that. But there are moments like where Tig, I think, knocked it out of the park, but then there's moments where they just shot her on top with the helicopter and you're like this scene just seems like it was plugged in here for no reason and yeah. obviously it was well not for no reason but probably for good reason but it's it what it had to be to kind of this guy, on right? yeah, yeah and it was unfortunate about, because like, you know what you do I think start another universe yeah i would have loved to have seen like take with them right i think take totally. oh yeah and batista would have had a hilarious back and forth well, and that would have well, been even like that scene shame, right, where cool. they her introduction scene where they roll up to her and like it, that, she's not that wasn't shot together. Right. Like there's this whole right. article, right? Of like how Batista's never actually met Tignatar. Yeah. <laughs> and like they're you know, but they, like of them, they're back and forth with it, where she's just you know doing, she's being Tig or whatever. Of just like two million dollars, I'll do it. Don't you want to know the downsides? No, of no. course I don't. It's, it's my hilarious. Life. My it's life like sucks. great. Just life sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my life sucks. You know, I, I want two million dollars. My life. Yeah. yeah, there was you know, I think it's that's unfortunate, but I think they managed to make something pretty fun. I mean, again, I think I think. You know, obviously Zack Snyder doing like Dawn of the Dead. That's one of that's one of I think is a great, uh, great zombie movie. If you if yeah. you've never seen it, definitely check it out. This has a way more distinctive vibe to it, and a lot of the things that like the backgrounds, a lot of the CG and stuff that felt a little more cartoony, I kind of forgave just because it kind of the whole thing just feels so hyper real with the way it starts out and like all the and all that stuff. I just wish it was like I just when you say, "Hey Tim, there's going to be a zombie heist movie." does and i and you're like great and i say it's gonna be two hours and 30 minutes long do you go huh i don't need it to be two hours it could be like maybe barely two hours or maybe like an hour 45 i don't need it to be that long um but you know i watch uh batista and i think the supporting cast did a great job i I don't know the other actors for the the guy who was like the heavy and then the german uh uh, safe hacker but i thought they had some some fun scenes they they could have cut some of those out but they had some good dynamics yeah, I mean, with that, Nick, I'm I'm really interested in, and this is probably a topic for another podcast where we can go deeper into it, and maybe with Andy too. But I'm so interested in the way that content is changing because of services and and the way things are, like mm-hmm. with Spotify, with music. Like me and Greg were just talking about Olivia Rodrigo's album, and it, it's like just 30 minutes for the entire album, and it's yeah. 12 songs. It's just they're so short because they're trying to get those Spotify plays to make the All Spotify right. list, to, right. you know, blah blah blah. There's a whole thing in place for this, and then obviously with Netflix and and all this shit, like people are thinking about uh, movies differently where it's like you can pause and come back the next day, almost treat it like TV, like mm-hmm. episodic TV more than it's ever been done before uh, with video on demand. And even with theaters being gone for the last year, I really think that there that, that whole industry is going to kind of be reshaped based on the successes of streaming services where I, I think we're going to see longer and longer movies, even in theaters, because people are just, expecting that from these big blockbuster style things and the way that these theaters are going to make money i think is going to start being less and less of the how many shows can we get in an auditorium each day and it's going to be more on the the premium upcharges of alcohol and uh, subscription services and you know just just, uh sorry what the big dcs those icos all that stuff yeah yeah yeah, for sure like it's just that's interesting to me as we look at mgm get bought by amazon today yeah and it's just like that news is nuts it's fucking crazy and like it i i am struggling to understand that right now like they bought them for more money than star wars and marvel combined yeah (laughs) like 
I and and I'm struggling to see the value of it because James Bond's the big thing, but they don't they don't even own James Bond because of the way that the the family works. Yeah, because the, the broccoli the are the broccoli is going to retain ownership to that. Totally, it's like yeah, same shit. So yeah. it it would make some sense if they're like, all right, we're going to get an Amazon Prime original James Bond series. But here it's like, okay, this no, is a play for the let them do that. Never. <laughs> There's so like, no way the broccoli's would let that happen. Here's the library content, and I, I guess that's, like, Tim, that's you don't it. you don't think Gone with the Wind is worth eight point nine five billion dollars? You don't think that's what you want to you want to you don't want to see the sequel to Gone with the Wind? Hey, we're with the wind. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Still with the wind. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, don't I mean, know. Am- Amazon's making interesting choices when it comes to that stuff. I'm just vehemently sort of like against the idea of scaling content based on like marketability. And I know that sounds silly, of course, because you have to make a dollar, right? But the idea that you're going to tack on an extra 20 or 25 minutes to your movie just because that's what Netflix wants kind of seems like it's not really in service of the plot or the overall effect the movie's going to have on the end viewer, which should be the most important thing. I think that's a very short term answer to a longer problem. Um, and I actually, I don't know. I think I feel like it, it forces things like Army of the Dead, where there is just a lot more in there than it needs to be. And it, it brings up the problem of, well, am I pausing this because I need to go to the restroom and I don't have attention span? Or am I pausing this because there's so much extra shit in this that I'm just bored? Like I'm lo- it's losing my attention span because there's that character that's a side character is now has an extra 15 minutes. And I'm like, I don't really, I don't, yeah, I don't really, I mean, this is no disrespect to TIG, but that helicopter pilot should have been, you know, it's just comic relief. You pepper it in and you're done. That's it, not, she's not, she wasn't the main character in the movie. Uh, I'm much more fascinated by Batista and like his background and all that stuff. So I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like I mean, that's, this is a problem I have right now with documentaries specifically, cause they keep putting out like two to three part documentaries. And I'm like, I just watched the one on opioids and I was fascinated by the first one. And then the second one, I was like, this could have been part of the first one. This does so, not need to be the second one. <laughs> three hours. So long. you're talking about strictly from a streaming perspective. Cause like the Zack Snyder thing, like for me, I agree. It was long. We split it into two, but like with Jen's pregnancy, we're splitting everything into two. She can only sit for like an yeah. hour before she's incredibly uncomfortable. Uh, but like that, I just chalked up to it's Zack Snyder, and like they're, I'm sure they were like, we'll "Fucking make the movie." Well, we've seen what happens like, if we get in the way. Oh, no, like, with him, do- I think they just, I think he had final edit on it. But I think he also shot the movie, so I think, I think he was DP on this as well. So I think he That's just wanted, I think he, he didn't want to kill any of his darlings on that one, which I think was to the detriment of the film. Yeah, um, well, sorry, just to make my point clear, it's like I think that Netflix is one of the things where it's like Netflix is not saying do this. I think it, they are giving the creatives full control. And I think it's the creatives are the ones that yeah. are like, well, I'm going to have everything in it. Yeah, then. that's a bad idea. <laughs> I, I look, I look at the, that lack, last blockbuster documentary, right? Yeah. That I was having a great, great time with. And then they like one. bring Doug Benson in in the last like then it's 30 lie. minutes for like 20 minutes to wander around jokes. making jokes. And I was yeah. like, this is clearly like – that like we we for some reason have gotten an angle now to Doug Benson put well, him in see, the movie yeah. so we can say Doug Benson's in the movie. I think there's that, but I also think that in order to be considered a full length documentary, you have to hit a specific runtime for festivals and stuff. So they may have sure. done that for that one. That might have been an old school relic of that one. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I'm just like I just feel like there's very unless it's like a Scorsese movie, it doesn't need to be above two hours. Like I need I need you know you need you got to really enthrall me with the old narrative. But uh, two and a half. If I sat through Army of Dead. In, in theaters, I think I'd have a very distinctly different picture of it in my brain or sure, opinion that, of that it than, sense, than yeah. actually being able to like kind of walk away when I lost my attention span or, and or pick up my phone. Sure. Yeah, that makes 100% sense. But anyway, I, I saw some article today, it. you know, talking about how, uh, you know, they're we're moving away from what the streaming model was, right? Of like not the death of, but like everybody stepping back from bingeable content and moving back to actually dropping episodic stuff so we can have conversations. Obviously, we've seen 
we've made a career out of fucking reacting out of MCU shows, right? But like, uh, I forget what the other one they were citing was a more recent one, and I think Hands Made Sale or was it always we? I don't know how Hulu did season oh, ones it, or whatever. They used to be it used to be dumps, but then Hulu's changed and adopted the more Amazon model of like here's there's three episodes at once and then it's going to be weekly. But then Modoc yeah. came out all at once. Like I, I do think that we're still in the experimental phase of trying to figure out what works for different products, even on the same streaming platform. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, interesting to see because I know I was so pro bingeable stuff. And I guess for certain things I am, but like right now we're, you know, all caught up on Handmaid's Tale. Uh, we we have been for seasons, but we're watching this one, you know, weekly and uh, being able to do that. And then obviously the how much discussion and conversation we had. And maybe that was influenced too by COVID times of wanting to have a something to come around, gather around for all the MCU shows. But then at the same time, like, we're watching uh, Halston. Have you seen this? The oh, McGregor I Netflix show. I fucking love Halston. It, I is thought it was so, so good. fucking good. But it's that yeah. same thing of like, I feel like I haven't talked to anybody about it and we're going to finish you and it tonight. Love it, actually, I think. Huh? Sorry. I'm just saying, Tim, you and G. I'm just looking into it. it now. Yeah. 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 Hugh McGregor as the famous fashion designer Halston. And it's uh, fucking great. Sorry. Yeah. It's, continue, Greg. No, it's fine. That was a great point to make him a little my point, Nick. I want you to go I, over I, there I, and scream into the pillow. All right. Okay. I'll wait. We'll wait. All right. Think about what you've done. Think about what you did. He's thinking. He's doing it. He did it. He learned his lesson. This is how you get him. You know what I mean? I'm proud of you, Nick. Oh, I'm proud of you. very static electricity, by the way. Now my oh, hair really? is like... Yeah, I didn't shower today. Somebody was complimenting how good my hair looked. Yeah, get a little, get a little nature's oil in that hair every once in a while. It thickens it up a little bit. I'll tell you, too. Like, my hair is... I was looking at the, the curtains last... Or not curtains. The mirror last night. My hair might be as... We're getting close to my hair being as long as it was, I think, in college. Like, when I really let in. Like, like the old... Columbia, Missouri press pass I had. Where it was like for the mullet? Off to the Are side. Now? No, I got E3 in a couple weeks. I, you know, I can oh, actually wow. go down the back and into a real haircut. Nah, you're fine. Do that. Sorry, what were we going to say about Halston, though? Oh, that, uh, yeah, we're watching that and we love that show. And I feel like, obviously, I'm doing it right now, but I felt like there was, I wasn't going to talk about that show. Like, it was that, you know what I mean? It, it's like, we weren't in the way we. I feel like you spread something out and make it weekly, and it goes for ten weeks or whatever. There's more of a chance and more of a conversation and more of a. Oh, have you seen this? You should catch up and let's have a conversation about it. Whereas like, Halston's is what five episode thing. We're gonna yeah. crush episode five tonight after starting it on Sunday or whatever, and then do I do we ever talk about that in a show? I guess we're talking about it now, but you know what I mean in terms just, of like we're talking about streaming rather than the content itself. I just, watch like, I just feel like it should all be in service of like the end result, right? Or or, or the the story itself. So how you roll it out should be like, hey, is it like for Halston? It's perfect because Halston feels like a five part miniseries that you should watch yeah. back to back to back to get the full thing out of it. Uh, Tim and I just talked about Modoc. That's definitely Modoc. one of those where is that um, worth me watching? Tim would probably say yes. Uh, well, uh, it's funny and like I think it's actually a really like good story and it comes together really yeah. well. But I, I don't think it's required viewing by any means. But I it you should watch the trailer if it makes you giggle at all. Yeah, I feel like that, but that one's one where it's like there was Hulu was smart to put it all out at once. Because if the first the first episode, I don't think is the strongest episode. And I think if you're curious about the second one, you're going to want that one immediately. And so I think the producers made that or at least Hulu made the strong choice to put those all out. Yeah, I agree. Totally. I mean, you know, a funny thing with this release schedule is Netflix is dabbling in the the weekly schedule for certain shows. And the a lot of their reality shows like this is kind of season two of their the reality um, kind of foray um and uh, we have too hot to handle season two coming out in a couple weeks and the last month was the circle season two 
and uh, they did a thing where it was weekly releases, but it was four episodes a week that they would release. So it was like kind of uh, meeting in the middle of it's binge, but it's also staggered. Yeah. And uh, personally, like it really didn't work for me where <laughs> it, it was clear what they were doing. Like the, the fourth episode always had the hook. It always had the cliffhanger where I'm like, fuck, I really want to watch next week's episode, but the three episodes in it didn't have that hook. It is just essentially watching four hours of one episode, really. And uh, it's it's just funny where uh, Gia and I were both just like, man, like even if it was three episodes, this would have felt a little bit more understandable. Like yeah. it, it's funny to me that like they they must have the data, they must be looking at stuff. But this clearly feels like they're still experimenting. They're still trying to figure out like the use cases of how people not only consume the content, but then talk about the content because that's promotion for the content for them, for all of it to continue. Yeah. They, they tried that. I think with like, they've been trying that with a few other things. I think David Letterman's um, series, the, his uh, interview yep. series, which I absolutely love was like week to week. Um, but that's like a weird, I don't know why they made that call. Cause I'm like, this is really predicated on, do you want to hear, are you interested in the person he's interviewing? Not so much like a narrative storyline that's going through. Having said that everyone should watch all the interviews because they're fucking phenomenal. Especially the well, um, I think the, the reason there is because of, I mean it's the simple headline and thumbnail game, right? Where yeah. they they wanted to be able to give the the spotlight that main thing of the Obama, Jay Z, yeah, Kanye, yeah, exactly. It's like uh, yeah, it's when true. you put them all out at once, you're kind of like you, you kind of have, have to, to you true. have to choose or have like a, a montage or something. But you know. that's very true. That's very true. I also I would also tell everyone you should go watch the one where he did with Robert Downey Jr. Where they mostly just walk around Robert Downey Jr.'s Malibu farm and pet his llamas. It's amazing. It's very <laughs> lovely. I, that's why I didn't like the David Letterman stuff. It's all the like, okay, we're going to cut from the interview see, to I a bunch of stuff. behind the scenes other shit. It's I, just like, I would prefer the interviews guys. happen there than actually on stage. I, I would have like, been okay with that. One of my other, yeah, one of my other favorite series you guys heard me talk about at nauseum was Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee. And I just yeah. love taking people out of their environment, putting them just driving around, getting and just shooting the shit. It's so fun. It is fun, ladies and gentlemen. Have you had fun on this episode of the Kind of Funny Podcast? We hope so. The fun's not over. We're going to keep doing a post show over on patreon.com slash kind of funny. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, uh, you can get the show ad free. You can get it with the post show. You can be watching live as we record it like Mike L, Dave Sapwell, and on a new name, Louise R. <laughs> Uh, we thank you for your support. We love you. We appreciate you. If you have no books, toss our way. No big deal. You can get each and every episode on YouTube.com slash kind of funny roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe twice a week. Uh, we'll be back on the next kind of funny podcast with another special guest, my mother. Woo! So get your questions in on patreon.com slash kind of funny uh, for big old Jamie Kennedy rolling through on Friday. We'll be talking to her Love and it. posting it, you know, I'm arrested for the non Patreon people Monday or whatever or Tuesday, right? I think we actually, yeah, Tuesday because right? we're Tuesday. taking Memorial Day off. Something we don't want to do often, you know what I mean? Thank God. Apparently, there's legal Woo! things we need to do. I don't know. Kevin keeps coming at us with paperwork. Yeah. Kevin just like, Kevin just, just like squealed with glee. He was like, woo. <laughs> Was yeah, good, I was trying man. to woo, like and um, I just throw it. It kind of came there. out as a little squeaky. I like it. Woo. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, we got a post show to do. So it's been our pleasure to serve you.